Today on a special bonus episode of Seahawks Forever, the Seahawks have released their first depth chart ahead of their first preseason game against the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday. I will give you my initial first-glance reaction to it and break it all down for you. That's coming up next on Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a busy day in the Seahawks Forever studios. Hope you caught my episode with Ryan Leaf that I was fortunate enough to be able to record earlier today. If you haven't, go check it out. Loved what Ryan had to say about his thoughts on the Seahawks and some other things as well. Uh, And then just wrapped up uh, an episode, as I teased last week, with Maddie Brown of the Seattle Overload podcast. That will be coming up tomorrow morning. It'll be be released first thing tomorrow morning. You don't want to catch that, Maddie. As always, really has some um, in-depth insight into what he is seeing from the Seahawks on the defensive side of the ball so far as far as what kinds of techniques and schemes are going to play this year and how he thinks that's going to help improve that run defense. Like this video, if you would, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and the audio version on whichever podcast app you prefer before we get started there's that little icon down in the lower right hand corner as you're looking at your youtube screen just click on that subscribe to the show i'd appreciate it. it's the best way to support the podcast yes i'm wearing glasses today and it's because i have to read some small print <laughs> and uh, i want to give credit where credit is due uh to our uh, good friend of the show seaside joe uh i subscribe to his newsletter on substack as you should too really great daily information i think he's over 1500 straight days now uh, with a newsletter. Um, and he uh, got the notification that the Seahawks depth chart had come out. He beat, uh, I got it before I got notification from anybody else. And so I'm actually using um, the graphics that he uh, sent to my email inbox uh, to show on offense and defense the uh, depth chart for the Seahawks. So let's get right into it. I just took a cursory glance over it because I wanted to re- react to this as much in real time as possible. So we'll share the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Right, here, let's blow it up a little bit there. And let's actually do this. Uh, let's take away this frame so that you can see it um, in its entirety. There we go. I don't think I'm blocking anything there. A little bit down at the bottom. Well, let's do this then. Uh, here we go. So on offense, um, first, the obvious ones, right? Quarterback Geno Smith, Drew Locke, Holton Ehlers is the, the pecking order there. <laughs> they continue to list Nick Ballore as a fullback, even though it's a position they don't use. Um, at running back, Kenneth Walker is listed as the starter. DJ Dallas, Kenny McIntosh are up next, and then Zach Charbonnet is, is technically listed in the third uh, position. Even though Kenny McIntosh is injured, and it sounds uh, from the most recent reports a couple hours ago that he's not going to practice this week, may not practice next week either, but Pete... Carroll made it sound like he's going to be okay, that that knee sprain he suffered in the mock game is minor, won't require any kind of surgery, just a little rest and recovery, and that it sounds like he's going to be good to go for week one. Um, But that's the pecking order right now, probably just a reflection of the fact that Charbonnet hasn't practiced um, until yesterday. It was really his first time. Uh, Actually, he practiced Wednesday of last week, and Pete had indicated he would play in the mock game, but he did not. So we'll see him certainly... um, against the Vikings. Offensive line, uh, pretty much as we expected, although a little bit of news at the center position. So left tackle, right tackle, Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas, of course. Left guard, Damian Lewis. Right guard, Phil Haynes. What's interesting at the guard spot is 
is how they have it set up on the second team. Anthony Bradford, the fourth-round draft pick out of LSU, actually listed, we thought he was going, he was going to compete at right guard with Phil Haynes. Seahawks have him listed at left guard behind his former teammate and best friend, Damian Lewis. Greg Island is listed as the second team right guard. And this is interesting. I, I was not aware that Island was getting any snaps at guard. Um, the former undrafted free agent at Mississippi State. This dude is long, 6'8", 315. I've seen him in person. He looks like a tight end. Like he's, he's slender, 315 on 6'8". And... Um, they actually have him listed as the backup guard. Jake Curran is the guy listed behind Abraham Lucas at right tackle. Stone Forsyth, of course, the 2020 draft pick, holding down things on the left side, and he can play the right as well. And we know Curran has that versatility too. And even though this is how the, the depth chart is listed, when Damian Lewis was out and missed a practice last week because of sickness, uh, Curran actually got the call as the next man up at guard instead of Island. So I find that interesting. And then at center, the big question has been the competition there. Evan Brown, the free agent signing from the Detroit Lions, or Olu Oluwatimi, the Outland Trophy and Remington Award winner out of Michigan, the fifth-round draft pick. They had been alternating practice days with the first team. Uh, Bob Condota indicated yesterday that it looks like the Seahawks have chosen their starting center and were leaning towards Evan Brown, and this depth chart would seem to support that. Where it gets really interesting for me is at wide receiver and tight end. Let's start with tight end. Will Disley listed as a starter. Noah Fant on the second team. No surprise there. But Tyler Mabry, who was featured pretty heavily in the mock game on Friday, listed ahead of Colby Parkinson, who, as you look at this depth chart, appears, it looks like he's the third team tight end. Now, before you freak out, does that mean they're down on Colby Parkinson? I certainly don't think so. Does it mean he's in jeopardy being cut or maybe traded? Again, I don't think so. I think he really came on at the end of last year. He presents such a weapon with that 6'7 frame and his, his ability to catch football. Really improved as a and as an inline blocker last year. I, I think the Seahawks, I think this is an indicator as much as anything that either they really want to get a good look at Mabry and he's going to play more on Thursday or that they're going to keep four tight ends. And that would impact the receiver group. And that's where it gets really interesting to me. Obviously, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett listed it at receivers. And you'll notice, this is where this gets a little tricky. And Seahawks only list two receiver positions. But they almost always have three wide receiver sets, right? So they list a fullback. They don't use a fullback. They only list two wide receivers. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, the number 20 overall draft pick, listed on the second team, but we know he's going to be the primary slot receiver and that that three-receiver set is going to be Metcalf, Lockett, and Njigba. But look who's listed alongside Jackson Smith and Jigba on the second team. Jake Bobo. Seven catches for 79 yards and a touchdown, almost another touchdown in the mock game. 6-4 out of UCLA, the undrafted free agent. Outstanding athletic ability. We saw the near touchdown, showed it on the episode the other day, my reaction to the mock game, uh, where I, I don't know, I didn't go back and look at his testing numbers, but this guy must have a 40-inch vertical, almost touched the goalpost going up for that ball. Really good route runner for his size, and, and a guy that stood out all through OTAs and minicamps. Been very consistent. Um, Jake Bobo appears to have an inside shot at making this team. 
Gets even more interesting at the other wide receiver spot because listed behind DK Metcalf, D. Eskridge, we know that D. Eskridge is going to have a role on this team, but not until week seven. Suspended for six games by the NFL for a domestic violence violence incident that happened back in January. But look who the next man up is. Matt Landers, another long receiver, 6'3", most recently out of Arkansas. Incredible testing numbers. I think he's, he's a sub 4440 guy. Really athletic, but just hasn't really popped. Hasn't flashed. Didn't do much in the mock game. Hasn't gotten as much. Hasn't really been talked about by those covering the team or hasn't been name dropped by Pete Carroll the way that Jake Bobo has. But also he's listed ahead of guys like Cody Thompson who would have made the team last year, it appeared, out of training camp if he hadn't gotten hurt. And Cade Johnson, who has been a standout throughout the offseason. Really fascinating group of receivers there with an opportunity to add some more height to that room. And again, if you're, if you're freaking out about the fact that Derek Young is listed as a third-team wide receiver, again, probably a reflection of the injury. So Derek Young facing what appears to be a sports hernia situation. Don't have an ETA on him yet, but it sounds like it's pretty serious. Uh, Kenneth Walker had a, we, we don't, well, I don't want to, I'm not a doctor and I haven't gotten a prognosis. I don't know how similar his injury is to the one Kenneth Walker had that kept him out of training camp last year. Walker returned week three, I believe. So Derek Young might be out a while and that, that just may be uh, a reflection of that injury that Matt Landers is next man up there on the depth chart. Interesting stuff. Let's take a look at the defense. Uh, not a lot of surprise up front. Mario Edwards Jr., Jaron Reed, Draymond Jones, the three interior defensive linemen. Uchenna Nwosu, of course, fresh off the new extension uh, at one outside linebacker spot. And then Boye Mafe at the other one. And what we don't know here, Daryl Taylor listed second team, but he's banged up as well. Haven't really gotten any uh, specific issue or uh, indication of how serious that shoulder injury is. Pete made it sound like it wasn't that big a deal last week, that he was feeling better, that it wasn't going to require surgery. We don't know how long he's out, but this might not have anything to do with Taylor being banged up. Pete name-dropped Boye Mafe last week as maybe the the most improved player this offseason. And, uh, and a guy who flashed, had, a, had what would have been a strip sack in the mock game the other day. Better than Daryl Taylor against the run, but also emerging and, and, and growing before our eyes as a pass rusher. So those are your starting five across the front. Inside linebackers, of course, Bobby Wagner and Devin Bush. And then your starting cornerbacks, Michael Jackson, Reek Woolen, who was back on the practice field yesterday. Great to see. Uh, haven't heard today. I don't know if Pete spoke after practice. If, uh, if Woolen's going to play Thursday or not, wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out. And then your starting safety is Julian Love and Quandre Diggs. Let's dig into that second team. And I talked about this on the mock game. It looked like this was the group, the second team defensive line. Uh, defensive end, Miles Adams, the rookie fourth-round draft pick out of Mississippi State, Cameron Young. Brian Monet is listed in parentheses there. He's going to start the season on the pop list, still recovering from ACL surgery. And then Mike Morris, the rookie fifth-round pick out of Michigan at the other defensive end. So a lot of youth there. A lot of youth. Then the outside linebackers, Derek Hall, the second-round pick this year, and Daryl Taylor. Really no surprises there. Uh, Tyreek Smith 
listed on the third team, but has looked really good. Healthy now in his second year. Flashed in the mock game. Then let's go to the cornerback position. Um, in the show that will post tomorrow, I speak extensively with Matty Brown of the Seattle Overload podcast about Devin Witherspoon and his ability to contribute in the slot. A lot of you fans, man, you're freaking out about Devin Witherspoon being in the slot. I've had people come at me that we wasted the fifth pick in the draft on a slot corner. Um, all I would say to that is uh, you don't watch the NFL all that closely. Um, Mike Jackson has has earned that starting spot for now. And now that Reek Woolen's back at the right cornerback position, it's Mike Jackson against Trey Brown. Now, in this depth chart, you see Trey Brown listed behind Woolen at right cornerback. To me... I imagine that means on Thursday we'll probably see Jackson at left corner, Trey Brown at right corner, and very little of Reek Woolen. And then Devin Witherspoon listed at left cornerback competing with Mike Jackson. But the way we've seen it play out in camp is at times Witherspoon will start with the first team at left cornerback and then will slide into the slot in nickel, um, in nickel sets with the Seahawks. are going to play a lot. Maddie and I talk about that coming up tomorrow. Watch for that episode as well. So you need three good cornerbacks. Really no surprise there. Chris Steele got a lot of run in the mock game. He's listed there on the second team, as is Arquan Bush. And then Kobe Bryant now listed, this is interesting as well, listed primarily as a safety. He's not listed among the cornerbacks at all. He was the starting slot corner last year in his rookie year. Now listed as a strong safety. I knew they were playing him at safety. I just assumed because of his build and his, his background as a corner, it would be more a free safety. Some people have talked about him as maybe a long-term successor to Quandre Diggs. Uh, so that's interesting. Joey Blunt listed there on the second team alongside him. And you look at those two guys, if they were stand next to each other, you would think Joey Blunt's the strong safety, Kobe Bryant's the free safety, just the way they're built, but actually flip-flopped. Uh, Blunt was carried off the field today at practice with a back injury. So that might give that opportunity to sixth-round draft pick out of New Mexico this year, Jarek Reed II, who's listed on the third team. But we really haven't heard a whole lot about his, his performance so far in training camp. And then the other guy, Jonathan Sutherland, the undrafted free agent out of Penn State, who really flashed at the end of OTAs and mandatory minicamp. He's listed on the third team, but he may be the next guy up to get an opportunity now with some extra snaps being available if Blunt is out for uh, an extended period of time. And then where I think it's the, this depth chart is really fascinating, and we'll find out on Thursday, is this just how they plan to divide the playing time Thursday against the Vikings, or is this, is this a bigger picture moving forward? Is that listed at inside linebacker, behind Bobby Wagner is John Radigan, not Vi Jones. Vi Jones was kind of the first man up in the mock game. And Corbin Smith talked about him extensively last week on the show about how good he's looking. He thinks he might be a long-term piece and an eventual successor to Bobby Wagner. But yet it's John Radigan, the former undrafted free agent out of Army, who missed much of last year with an ACL injury. Back fully, 100% now. They've, 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 they've kept him in the program for two years now. They really like him. He's listed as the primary inside linebacker, so... Whereas we were just talking on the show the other day about Vi Jones maybe having the inside track now on that spot. 
John Radigan. But look at the other one. Behind Devin Bush at the other inside linebacker spot. Vi Jones is listed on the third team. Christian Young, undrafted free agent out of Arizona, listed on the second team alongside our old friend Ben burr Curvin. Curvin just re-signed last week. Recap. Looked good as a rookie. Drafted in, I believe, the fifth round out of UW. Uh, just a guy that can kind of do it all. Probably didn't project as a long-term starter in the NFL. But a guy who can cover. Outstanding tackler. Led, I think he led the nation. If not the, the Pac-12, certainly. His senior year at UW. In tackling. But then he suffered uh, on the la- in the last preseason game two years ago a-, a devastating ACL injury that included some nerve damage. He was released with an injury designation last year. But the Seahawks worked him out a couple years ago or a couple weeks ago. That that knee has fully recovered, and I was interested uh, to see how he would perform. The mock game didn't see him in there, so I'm on standing on the sidelines. Didn't see him play a lot. He's also a special teams ace. So the fact that he is listed right now, second on the depth chart, to me is intriguing. And uh, we'll certainly be interested to watch um, how that plays itself out in the preseason game. Uh, Long snapper Chris Stoles, the only one on the roster, has been uh, ever since he was signed as an undrafted free agent out of Penn State. And then uh, some questions to who the primary kick and punt returner will be. It is listed now as DJ Dallas. Uh, with Jackson Smith and Jigba actually returning punts behind him. And D. Eskridge, when he comes back, uh, will be the primary kick return. And we know that he had a long kick return in the mock game that, uh, if it had been full contact, would have had an opportunity uh, to go the distance. Uh, and then Tyler Lockett listed as the third punt returner. So just wanted to uh, run that by you and react to it. Um, this will play heavily into uh, my next 53-man roster projection, which I will do next week after watching some of the performances in the preseason game against Minnesota. Again, if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, watch for that episode hitting tomorrow morning with Maddie Brown, where we break down the Seahawks defense. And if you haven't gotten to it yet, please check out that episode with Ryan Leaf. Um, uh, Really honored that he came on the show this morning. And uh, we get into some really cool stuff regarding Geno Smith. And uh, his thoughts on Russell Wilson. Thinks he's going to see a big bounce back season from him again. And just love having Ryan on. And if you haven't checked it out on Twitter yet, got got a little bonus uh, footage from him uh, asking him his thoughts on the uh, what's going on with the Pac-12 conference right now and where he thinks WSU is going to end up as soon as all the dust clears on conference realignment. So uh, that's at Seahawks Forever on Twitter. Again, subscribe to the YouTube channel and the audio podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we are into it. We're in the thick of it. We're going to be busy. Subscribe so you don't miss any episodes, all right? I'm Dan Viennes. This is Seahawks Forever. Forever and always, go Hawks.